to chop and screw that part up, okay? <laughs> Woohoo! Thank you, thank you. Welcome to Love Language. Thank you guys so much for listening. We do appreciate it. I have been reading the DMs that you guys are sending me, and I appreciate you guys giving me play by play for each episode. I love the fact that people are listening. Thank you so much for keeping up with us. I just want you to know that we are in a transition period. (laughs) We got a lot going on right now, okay? Boss women have to make boss decisions and boss moves, and sometimes stuff have to take a back seat, you know. And um, unfortunately, that means that our little podcast is taking a back seat. Anyway, this is Kia. Just in case you weren't familiar with the voice, Nita is busy and booked and all those good things. She is blessed and all that, and she will be back when she gets a minute. And she can, but I'm going to hold it down. And I appreciate you guys for listening. So we're almost coming to the end of this season of Love Language. And um, this is going to be a special episode. Outside of this podcast, we do a lot of things. Uh, Nita has a business where she does meal prep. So follow her page, Nita. 36 underscore I probably should know all this information because you know what I mean usually I have somebody here to depend on and she can tell me <laughs> she can tell me everybody's page information and all that stuff but it's just me today so anyway okay so Nita has a business and you can follow her on Instagram it is Nita's Kitchen 2022 and she does meal prep she's about to start doing some juicing and Nita can cook her butt off so if she's doing meal prep you will be full you will be satisfied and the food will be good and all that good stuff so you follow that page and follow Nita's page too so her page is underscore Nita 36 and she can keep you up to date with the business you guys can get some meal prepping done you guys can get some juice and get your bodies right I know summer's almost over but what that mean you still gotta look good the rest of the year and guess what summer coming back around and there are some states out there that's hot all year round and you need that booty to look good so get your juicing get your meal prep going and hit Nita up also This episode, as all episodes, are brought to you today by Paper Bag Production 215 on Instagram. Follow us. You already know the deal to stay up to date with what's going on. And that's one of the things we got going on. So me, your girl Kia, also has a radio show right here in Philadelphia. It's a community station, WPEB 88.1 and 95.1 FM. It's West Philadelphia's community radio station. And I have a show on there called 6,000 Ways to Lose Your Job. It's a show primarily about highlighting some men and women who have forged their own paths professionally. Instead of like sticking to a nine to five, not that there's anything wrong with the nine to five, but there are some people out there who want to go beyond that. They want to work for themselves or they want to work in a different type of nine to five. And some of them we're not familiar with people. And I want to just put that out there for you. You know what I mean? So if you are in the Philadelphia area, you tune into WPEB. I will be on every Sunday, five o'clock to six o'clock. 
And if you know somebody who wants to get on there, hit me up. DM me at Paperback Production 215 on Instagram or hit me up on Instagram under LOK Owens. That's my personal page. Don't send me no dick pics. I'm not even into it, okay? For real. Anyway, anyway. So that show is going to be a PG-13 show. So your family going to listen to it. It's inspirational. It's all about just finding what makes you happy. This life is like weird right now. Monkeypox and COVID. And I just don't want you guys to leave this earth without making sure that you've done everything to make sure that you have lived the hell out of this life. You know what I mean? So this show is just like that. It's just a way for you to know that there are jobs out there that you can do that you might love. One of my guests is going to be a sommelier named Ebony, a black woman. And a sommelier is a wine expert. I mean, that's the nicest way I can say it. Like, that's the, that's um the, I'm dumbing it down for you guys. Most of you probably already know what it is. But the people who don't know, it's a wine expert. And you really have to go to school and study to do this. It's a hard job. It's a hard um, expertise to have. And I just cannot wait to interview this woman. So I want you guys to, like, stay tuned. It's PG-13. Everybody can listen. So, but make sure you're listening to us, Kia and Nita. We're going to drop something every other Monday. Uh, We only have about two more episodes on this season to go, and then we're going to take a little bit of break, a little bit of a break, and then we'll come back and come back bigger, better, brighter, shining, as usual, some new guests, some new stuff, and we're going to have a YouTube page. I know I've been saying it, and I've we've been working on it, but we got stuff going on. But we will have a YouTube page, and people have been sending me messages about that, too, and I appreciate that. Keep us on our toes. I got you. We're going to have us a YouTube page next season. So two more episodes to go. Hopefully, it might just be one. I don't know. But this episode is a special episode. I'm going to give you guys a preview of 6,000 Ways to Lose Your Job on WPEB 88.1 and 95.1 FM, West Philadelphia's own community radio station. Follow Love Language on under Love Language Podcast underscore on Instagram. DM us. Let us know that you're listening. We love it. Listen to WPEB. This is a snippet of what the season is going to be like, and I hope you guys enjoy. Let me know what you think. Thank you so much for listening. Bye. Welcome to 6,000 Ways to Lose Your Job. I'm your host, Lakia Owens, and each week we'll have a sit-down conversation with someone who took that leap of faith, quit their day job, and are living out their dreams. This person sounds amazing. Are you living out your dreams? I'm living my best life right now. (laughs) Where's the claps? Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> Look at you. I wrote it down and everything. <laughs> Did he stop fast? Uh, like, oh, wait. all right, enough. And stop him. Oh, we're going to fade out the clap. Okay. Oh, Look okay. at me. I'm a professional. Right. Anyway, mm-hmm. just a little background. I worked at my job for like 17 years before I was seriously like, I'm miserable and I want to get out of here like as soon as possible. So that's like my inspiration for this show. It's like, I want to talk to people who figured it out, who figured out the cheat codes and are willing to give us the game. So today. Where is this person at? (laughs) (laughs) I want to meet him too. Well, you don't work for corporate America, right? (laughs) Absolutely not. Absolutely Right. You work for you. And that is a big deal. So today, because he running his mouth and I ain't even introduced to me. Who is this mystery person? This is Philly's own. Hey. 
I don't even know what they call it's you. Just call me famous. They all call me famous. No, I mean, like, what's your title? Like, you do a lot more than just DJ. Well, that's the famous part. Famous is the brand. Right. You know, you got famous DJ, famous karaoke, famous right. studios. So famous right. is the brand. Okay, yes. okay. Famous so, DJs. That's my crew. So what do you... Oh, right. You have other DJs mm-hmm. under you, right? Okay, yeah. so what do you... If people say, what do you do? What do you say? I'm an entrepreneur. CEO. Famous okay. DJs. Okay. Yeah. So go ahead, introduce yourself. I didn't really introduce yourself. I am an entertainer, philanthropist. Did I say that right? No. <laughs> I don't even know what that is. I watch Iron Man. <laughs> no. I'm a philanthropist without the Philan- billionaire part. Philanthropist. Don't, yeah, yeah, that's right. I said piss really hard. I'm sorry. <laughs> this radio, my bad. I can take that. Don't take it out. Keep it in. It's raw. It's like good. <laughs> I'm a CEO, entrepreneur, whatever. All right. I run yeah. my own business. DJ, famous DJs. Okay, and so where were you born and raised? West Philadelphia. It sounds cliche, but that's really that's real. yeah. I, actually, I went to school um, right down the street from where Will Smith went, and then I went to the same school that Will Smith went. Did to. you know him? Um, I did. Uh, we slap box a couple of times. Shut so up. <laughs> <laughs> I had to throw that in there. Nah, no, I didn't know him. He, no, I'm not that old. He's way older than me. I was about to say that. Yeah. No, he's not way older than you. He's way older. He Is got he? Me by like at least 20 years or so. I'm a young boy. What's, you, up? What's up with the audience in the background? <laughs> Why we got to laugh at the audience in the background? <laughs> because everybody that's here knows it's not true. <laughs> you laugh a little too hard in the back. Will Smith, your younger brother, or? <laughs> <laughs> I burped him. It's like, no. Um, but no, no, no. I didn't get a chance to meet him. But um, yeah, I mean, we grew up like right around the corner from each other, basically. That's dope. Yeah. And that school, like that's in the beginning of the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, that was like right up the street from my house, where they show him on the playground. and they Was you there playing. when they, oh, that's, oh, no, they was really there? Were you there when they filmed I was the that? bully. I was the one. Anyway. I was hardcore. <laughs> Overbrook, y'all. Overbrook. How you from me? Overbrook? Yeah, OHS, yeah. baby. Overbrook High School. What? Where's the sound effects? We need some... Bah, 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 bah. Because that's... It's, no. Oh, okay. It's ready. I don't think it's podcast. I don't gotcha. know what they do. We'll see. Okay. We might have to get in there and just stir it up. Might be a different kind of interview. I don't know. We about to see now. Mm-hmm. So West Philadelphia, born and raised. Absolutely. On the playground is where you spent most I of spent your- none of my days. <laughs> I was not athletic at all. I spent my days in the house uh, okay. DJing. Okay. Was, yeah. Your whole life? What um, age or what part of your life was like that pivotal moment? You was like, I want to do this. All right. So let's tell the story. Tell the uh, story. I was about a mere young boy. I was about mm, 13 years old. Graduating eighth Sicily, grade. 1912. <laughs> you got to play some black and white music. <laughs> some Charlie Chapman. <laughs> right. But no, um, I was always an artist. You know, I would draw. And my mother thought I was going to be an artist because I could draw very well at a very young age. In fact, I was so good that... um. Uh, what is it? The uh, Moore College of Art. Okay. Uh, had me as an apprentice during my freshman, between like eighth grade and freshman year. That's what's up. Yeah, that was really what's up because Moore College of Art was an all girls school. And they I chose, didn't know that. Yeah, I, I didn't, didn't know, know that either. So I got there, it was all girls. I was like, wait, what's going on? Why am I here? I was like, hey, <laughs> hey. Until they brought a butt naked man in there for oh, us to draw. And I was like, wait, like, hold up, what's going on? <laughs> How old were you? You was in I was like 13 years old, yeah. So that was probably a shock. No, no, I was so used to butt naked people. Oh, okay, uh, well. I told you. That's a whole other radio show. (laughs) No, that's this show. (laughs) No, um, when I I was four, I was raised in the arts. I was raised in uh, Philadelphia. I went to Philadelphia Dance School. I didn't know. So you're learning. learning. Uh, From age four to 12. So I was used to, you know, I was used to the bodies. I was used to the motion. I was just used to arts. So this was nothing new for me. Who put you you in that? Um, I just followed my sister. My sister, she was an excellent dancer. She is an excellent dancer because she still does it. 
But um, you know, that's my bigger sister. I just wanted to do what she did. Okay. Okay. I, I think I enjoyed more of the um the stage performance more than anything because we always okay. have our recitals at the Academy of Music. So I enjoyed that aspect of it. But yeah, I've always been like, you know, outgoing like artist type, staying in front of the crowd type person. Okay. So. But yeah, so anyway, back to DJing. Um for my eighth grade graduation, my mother brought me a boombox radio. That's okay. a lot. Now I'm dating myself. Yeah, you are. Because I said a boombox. Now we know. <laughs> Your mom 1974. Like, this is the first boombox, baby, <laughs> that ever was made. You got the first one. <laughs> but the radio had like these lights that went around it, mm-hmm. and they would move to the beat of the music, and then the center would light up red when the bass would hit. Okay. So I literally would just lay there and just watch this radio all day. As you see, the place you're at got lights everywhere. Right. I was always into lights, so I listened to the radio a lot more. And what I noticed was during the week, of course, they would play the same music over and over again, but on the weekends. Mm-hmm. They'd be live at this club, live at this club, and the music sounded completely different because not only would it blend and mix into each other, but they would take the beat from one song and then the words from another song and combine them. Okay. How old were you, you said? I was 13. Okay. I was 13. I was listening to this. I was like, wow, this is amazing. And then, of course, you go to the store and try to find it, yeah. and they'd be like, no, we don't sell that. The DJ did that. I'm like, well, I want to do that. I right. want to be the guy that makes At 13. These. At 13. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah. So, yeah, that was really, I credit my mother for that because she uh, awakened that that idea in my head that that's something I wanted to do. Okay, at mom. Young age. Yep. And so from 13, <laughs> were you doing DJing? Were you partying, doing a party or anything nah, at that nah, age? No, nah. when I was younger, um, I would play around with it as a hobby in the house. Mm-hmm. I had a tape deck, you know, I had a tape deck. I would record my little sets. I have some records. Whatever. Okay. But it was all trial and error. I'm self-taught. This was old school records. Oh, yeah. Vinyl. Oh, okay. Yeah. Computers, okay. all that stuff was not existing. We had beepers and, you know, whatever. Wow. Yeah, this is a long time ago. Um, so, uh, yeah, I would just play around in the bedroom with it after school. Like I said, I didn't play at the playground mm-hmm. after my homework. I'd be right in my bedroom, mm-hmm. just playing round turntable practicing, kind of like uh, Q from Juice. Yeah, yes. that was me. I was, I was that was Q my favorite, Juice. um, one of my favorite movies. Mm-hmm. I know all the words to it. That's not anything to be proud of, but I'm just saying, <laughs> <laughs> no, be proud. That's my movie. I, that's too. my movie. I love that movie. Yeah, I'll, I'll watch it up until I, they kill the light like, skin bull, oh, oh, and oh, then oh. I'll be like, I don't want to see it no more. Really? Yeah. And then I rewind it back to the beginning. And, and then horrible. I know all the words. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nah. I mean, I've seen the whole movie more than once, but at a point in my teenage years, I was like, this is my part. And oh, that's it. Because it just ruins it after you kill one of them. No, nah, because it gets really good after that. You no. missing out. No, y'all like all, the, all that stuff. I didn't yeah. like all the gangster stuff. Yeah. I liked it when they was making f- eggs and beer. Oh, and God. Anyway, anyway. Have you worked... At other jobs before you became a DJ or you were just stuck on DJ? Absolutely. In fact, my first job, well, I was a stock boy first, but then I was a shoe salesman, which was hilarious. Like Al Bundy. Yes. That, my mom used to say that all the time. And I was, oh, so woman's shoes. Um, but yeah, a I shoe mean. shoe salesman. Hmm? When you say shoe salesman, how long ago was this? You don't have I, to give all the, no, all I the was, years. Um, no, I was, off, I was still in high school. I was like my oh, last okay. year of high school. And yeah. you had to like physically go out there and put shoes on. I had to touch feet. people's feet all no, day long. The no, women was you. perverse too. I was young. Uh, the women was yeah, perverse. Lady, but can you put my shoe on my foot? I'm like, <laughs> here, take the box. I'm like, get out of here. <laughs> I want you, you to do it. Whatever. They ain't tip me. Did you say I'm a DJ? Oh, heck, absolutely frick not. Frick no, because again, like I said, like. With me in the beginning, I never felt I was good enough to put myself out there. You know, uh, I was critique myself really hard. Okay. So, 
you know, people would love it. Like I said, I would make my little mixtapes, whatever, yeah. and let my friends hear it. And they was like, oh, you sound good. You should do this, you do this. I was like, nah, I'm not good enough. Yeah. Because I always would hear the DJs on the radio, and to me, they sounded way better. Mm. And it wasn't until I started listening to the radio carefully, and I would hear the DJs messing up or doing something stupid. And I was like, wait, I sound better than and that. And I would never catch any of that. Yeah, see, I see, I got that air. Right, I would be listening right. like, wait, that didn't really go. Or, right. You know, so that kind of built, built up my confidence later. But yeah, shoe salesman, um, fresh out of high school, I worked at a so that what they did was they, uh, I guess they invented drugs. They would play with experimental mm. drugs and they would bring things out. So like Allegra and things like that came from. A I knew about all those drugs way before they so hit the scene. So you know about the opioid pandemic? Ab absolutely. Mm. Yeah, we created that. And that's take that oh, part wow. out, please. <laughs> wow. Did it even exist? I gotta Google them. I'm about to say I've never heard of it. We gonna go beep beep beep. Uh huh. We still we putting y'all out here. We gonna do a documentary about. About that, <laughs> where are they now? Right, go be a picture of me when I was 18 years old, right. fresh out of high school. In there, so at what point was you like, okay, I, I'm good at this? Uh, so I was fresh out of high school. Mm -hmm. Um, I was at home just relaxing on a Friday, doing nothing. I get a phone call or a page. I'm sorry, my beeper goes off. Your beeper, yes. okay. And I called the number back, and he was like, they were panicking. Oh. Seth, can you come on DJ my party? Da, 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 da. And I'm like, DJ your party? Yeah, dude, you got equipment, right? And I'm like, yeah. And they like, we are DJ. And you've never done DJ in before. Never did okay. a party. Okay. I've always DJed at home mm -hmm. and made tapes. But they they was asking me, they said their DJ didn't show up. Um, could I show up and do their party? And I was like, uh, okay. And they was like, how much you gonna charge us? I did it for fun. I was like, Fifty dollars? <laughs> like I didn't know. Like, oh wow! How much yeah. was DJs making back then? I don't know, but it was way more than fifty dollars. Yeah, I'm sure. And they was like, "We'll give you seventy five. I'm oh, like, "Okay, whatever." You just said a hundred. <laughs> <laughs> One fifty. Come on. <laughs> but yeah, I didn't even have like really DJ equipment. That party to me, that was a bust because yeah. I had to borrow my mom's speakers. I didn't have DJ speakers. I just had the turntables and a mixer. That was it. Yeah. So I took my mom's speakers. I took her amp. I get to the party. People was having a great time rocking it in the middle of the party. Everything shuts down. Damn. I learned. Because like I say, it was trial and error. I didn't yeah. really didn't know that there was DJ equipment you had to buy. There's yeah. special DJ amps and speakers you oh. have to have. It's not the same as your home amp and speakers you would have. So what happened was mom's amp overheated. Oh, and okay. then it, it had a protection, so it shut itself off. So they brought a fan over, blew it on there. <laughs> had the fan going. Get up. Cooled it up. Yeah, it was very good. Made it work. Made it work. They rocked out the rest of the party. Okay. They loved it. Everybody was raving about it, saying, oh, you have a car, you have this, you have that. And they gave me $75. And I'm yeah. looking at it like, I made some money off yeah. of this. Like, what? This is, I made money doing and this? And how old were you? Uh, at the time, I was 17. Wow. Yeah, I was 17. And I was amazed that I made money doing something that I love. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of what got something me Something that you just turning. did for fun. Yeah, I was just doing it for fun. So that's what made me get serious about it. Mm -hmm. I went down to the gallery. Shout out to the gallery. I miss the gallery. I miss, we was talking about that today. I, I miss, miss the gallery, the gallery. too. Yeah, but I went to the gallery. They used to have a machine that would make business cards. And um, Dang, I don't remember that. Yeah, yeah you weren't even born yet. This yeah, probably. <laughs> that was probably 20 years before I was born. <laughs> you said Will Smith was one. You had to turn it with your hand like this. Crank it. You had to crank the machine. <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah yeah so i got my first business card made had my little name on it i was dj uh i was dj wicked w-i-k-k-e-d um originally i was dj chaos because i was an mc everybody's an mc back then though but so yeah, first you was dj chaos i was dj chaos well, i was mc chaos first m-c-c-h-a-o-s and what made you oh listen to that yeah, yeah, and what made you choose that. that name well chaos yeah i don't know it was like i don't know who knows I don't okay know. Though, but i know i can tell you why i chose wicked because back then the songs 
was had a lot of it had wicked was like wicked. yeah yeah yes, that's true and then you had public enemy like hit the drum get wicked yes. wicked was said a lot yeah that's true so i would take that and i would scratch it up that would be my my intro like are we okay. a dj wicked and i hated that because then everybody started doing that everybody time somebody see me they're like wait 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 uh, i was like <laughs> you gonna start doing that now but I will always cut up my name. But um, yeah, yeah, DJ Wicked. Okay. And actually, my barber gave me that name because he told me I should be Wicked because um, there was another song out. They yeah. say, um, I don't know if you remember, but it was Probably like a horn. Not. It was like, yeah, I know that song. Wicked, Wicked. Okay, wicked. yeah. Yeah, so I will always play that as like an intro. So, but yeah. Mm. Yep. That was my first gig. Um, I started doing like local gigs um, here and there from that party. But what broke me out yeah. um, was uh, West Philadelphia High School. Uh-oh. I'll never forget that. I did um, their Thanksgiving uh, football game that they would always have rivals with Overbrook High School. Okay. And I went to Overbrook, but I was DJ for West Philadelphia High, which is hilarious. But That um, was shade back in the day. It was and shade, I guess. but I got paid for it, so I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> Overbrook should have paid me. Like, right. West Philly paid me. But yeah, I DJed their uh, football game, mm. and there was somebody in the audience. Now, now my thing is, whenever I DJ, I always put my all into it. I'm right. never a lazy DJ. I right. always put my all into it. Somebody in the audience happened to be from Club New Alternatives, which was like a big club in Philly back then. And he came up to me. He was like, I would love for you to DJ my club. Yeah, I was 19, and I had never DJed in a club. This is like a 21 and over club. So I was um, like- 19, yes, that's a big deal. Yeah, it was a huge deal for me, especially a club as a DJ. I was like, wow. So he told me to come down here this weekend and meet, and, and they was going to pay me- um, a hundred dollars or something like that, which was great. I was like, "Oh, I'm getting a hundred dollars." A hundred dollars for what? Each night that you had to DJ, or yeah, yeah. They said, okay. you know, I come down there, he would give me a hundred dollars. Okay. And I would only DJ for like um three hours or something like that. So I was like, "Oh, that's major." Yeah, that's what's up. But I, I went down there. The way I DJ, um, the guy actually at the resident DJ that was down there, he was an old head, mm -hmm. but he tried to teach me, I guess, his way of DJing. And and to me, his way was boring. So what he would do is he would let the song play mm -hmm. all the way through. And that same song that's playing, he would have the instrumental go. Then he would bring in the instrumental of another song, okay, blend yeah. it, and then start that song. It's some dudes that still DJ like that. That is the worst. The yeah. songs be like 15 minutes yeah. long each. Yeah. And I wasn't used to that. So I started DJing like that because I thought that was how the club wanted it. But then after a while, I started getting my own little flair and yeah. flavor to it. And people actually liked me better than him. So what they end up doing is have me there both nights and no, no, no. He's still working there, but he's had me both nights mm -hmm. and just had me longer. We would take turns like on the night. Did they give you a raise? No, no. I was still getting um I was still getting uh uh yeah, I was still getting a hundred for the three hours, but while I was I only DJ there for maybe about five, six months. Okay. And somebody else nice. happened to be at the club, nice, heard me spinning and said, Hey, can you do my club in New York City? Nice. Now he said this in front of my manager. Yeah. And my manager was like, oh, oh, big time, big time. So I was like, uh, well, you know, I'm here every Friday and Saturday. Mm -hmm. And he was like, well, how much they pay you? And I was like, I get, a, you know, $100. Um, he said, how many hours? Three hours. They said, we'll give you $100 an hour. Nice. I looked at my manager. I was like, see ya. <laughs> I'm going to New York. <laughs> what? What? So you didn't even think about it. Like, well, how old were you What's at this time? Think you about? was like 19? I was still 19 Were you old. living on your own? No, nah, I was you, with grandma. Did you have the conversation with your grandma first? Absolutely not. Oh. Bye, my mom. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta go make this money. I'm sure she was proud of you. 
Because, yeah, I mean, right. that's a... You don't know no, my grandma. Oh, she wasn't? <laughs> no, she probably wasn't. She never showed it, though. Okay. She was like, all right, what are you doing now? Right? Yeah, that's right. Running them streets old, now, old school right? people. Yeah, she yeah, probably yeah. was scared to death. Yeah, 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 she yeah. was scared. I would have been nervous, too, 19 years old in New York. Oh, I loved it. I was nervous because it was, it was something I loved doing. It was yeah, my passion. Yeah, I would take the train up there. Um, I would again. This is a time where wow. we used records. Wow, so, you had to carry all that stuff with you. Well, that's what I asked the manager because I, I told the guy that hired me. I said, you know, I got. I live in Philly. I want to get to New York, and he was like, just bring the records that you want to play. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't got to bring your whole crates because we have records there already. Mm-hmm. Now, no club in Philly have rec- had their own records. When I get to New York, they was on a whole nother level. New wow. York really taught me the business of DJing. Wow. Okay. You know, their DJ booth literally had a wall full of records. Wow. And I was like, that's what I was like. Because I was like, well, I can just choose a record and just play right. it. Like, it was crazy. So, and they was totally opposite of how Philly dj mm-hmm. I get to New York. Guy's playing a song. One verse goes by, chorus, he's mixing the next song. Mm-hmm. One verse, chorus, he's mixing the next song. I'm watching this guy amazing. Like, he's going like this. Next song, next yeah. song, next song. It's back yeah. to back to back. The crowd's going crazy. This is a huge club yeah. with thousands of people in it. And I'm used to Philly where the guy played the whole yeah, song all the yeah, way through. Instrumental, yeah. whole song. And he flying through records, just putting them on tape, going. I'm just sitting there watching him like, yo, this yeah. is crazy. But I picked up on it so fast. I'm sure. I picked I'm up on sure. it so fast. Yeah. So this is, did you prefer the New York over Philly? Absolutely. Money. Yeah. Money, money I, that's when I realized Philly was not paying their DJs. Because yeah. I was like, wait, how come New York needs to get 100 I was working four hours getting $400 yeah. in the night. Yeah, at 19. Yeah, yeah that's with amazing. no responsibilities. And then they loved me, so they want me there Friday and Saturday as well. Yeah. So, so I was you, getting 800 on a weekend. And you know 800 back in the day. 800 now? <laughs> give me 800 dollars <laughs> right, 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 right. Well, no, 800 now is just my food bill. <laughs> I know, that's gas. You talking about right, right. half a tank. But back in the day, $800 yeah. would have yeah. Because I used to bring home like $125 a week I back in the day. I was 19 years old, making 800 a week. Yeah. I, I didn't have to do nothing all week. I would mm-hmm. just lay back, play my video games, chill with my friends. But I was blowing money. Nope. Yeah, I'm sure. Nobody taught me the money game. I knew yeah. the DJ game, but yeah, I knew yeah. the money game. Yeah. But I would get like the latest Jordans that was out. I would SBU, which was um Shabazz Brothers, which was like um uh, black clothing line, was really popular then. Mm-hmm. Um, this is like around Def Comedy Jam era, around okay. the era or whatever. But they used to always wear like cross colors and all that. Yeah. I would, I would have the latest of everything. Oh, no, uh, I would have been the same way. Oh, yeah. I was yeah. buying $100 jeans. Yeah, and 20, of course. Because I had it. I made $800, and I'm going to make another $100 the next yeah, week. Yeah, right, you know what I mean? right. Literally, after I, this club wouldn't close till 6 in the morning. Mm-hmm. So every weekend when they would close, I would all, whoever was left, I would buy them breakfast. I didn't care. But yeah, we would go down to Denny's and I would just treat everybody because you just was, blowing money fast. I was blowing it fast. I was the richest kid yeah, on the block. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. But Denny's breakfast was like two dollars a page. It was like you know, it was like little uh, Ruby you Tuesday, get, you, hot and Tuesday, whatever it was. You yeah. over Winfrey out there. <laughs> you, yep. you get pancakes. You get a breakfast. You get a right. breakfast. Okay. So everybody wanted to be my friend back then. Did you feel like you was being taken advantage of in any Not way? No, no, I was having fun. Yeah, I was okay. having fun. I was young. I was having fun. Okay. And I didn't mind at all. You know, I mean, to this day, I'm still kind of like that. Like. If I have it, you got it. If we cool. Right, like, I, I understand mind. that. You know what I mean? But at 19, did you feel like any type of, any? you didn't feel like any type of, like, I know at 19, I didn't feel like, now I think I get anxiety sometimes, mm. and you, you think about stuff more. And so I guess at 19, you nah, don't really think about any of that stuff? Not at all. Okay. I was just living that life. I was around right. adults. I was meeting stars. Snoop Dogg and um, the what? whole Death Row came to the club in New York, uh, I was like, wow, this is amazing. Right. And I just saw how many doors it actually could open up. And 
I saw how my friends, you know, they graduated school, yeah. they was in college, they were struggling. Yeah. And here I'm coming with 800 a week, making, uh, what, 3200 3, a month right. just from DJing. Right. And you know. you're doing something you love. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But I learned that this business is feast or famine. It right. don't last forever because within two months, the club shut down. They never even told me they were shutting down. I just got to work one day and had the things on the door like close and definitely. That's I was crazy. like, wait, hold on, what happened? I was just here last week. That's and I look crazy. at my pocket, I got no money. Oh my God. I blew all my money. <laughs> I have no money. Oh my God. That's a nice lesson to learn, I guess, oh, though. Yeah. I mean, not at the time, but at least you know you learned that lesson. I, I learned guess. it early. And yeah, I, yeah, and yeah, that was yeah. good. I learned it early because that set my course for the rest of my career. Mm -hmm. Like, okay, don't blow your money. Right. You be put something to the side because now we see how fickle this this job is right and can, you know so. did you did you feel like you wanted to give up at that point no 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 not at all no um, you were so i knew 19. there was yeah i knew there was money out there the mm -hmm. money to be made um i did you know i wasn't accepting no cheap gigs of philly no more right. you had to pay you know you had to pay me at least 300 or more was philly paying they was um, trying to pay then not really yeah. so i started getting more into mobile djing that's when i started doing like weddings and things i started noticing it was more so I start investing my money now, okay. buying better equipment, and so I can go do mobile gigs. Okay, you know, because I was like I said, I was a party DJ, I was a club DJ. Now it's time to be a mobile DJ. You know? Okay, we're gonna get back into so we're gonna talk about like sacrifices and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. I guess this is the part where we take a break. Don't they okay. take breaks it's time on to radio? Drink wine? All right. Yes. After these so, commercial messages. After these messages. Oh, you showing your age? We'll be right. Oh. podcast has been brought to you today by Paperback Productions, the production company of podcasts such as Heavy, Lovers and Friends, Love Language, and more. If you're interested in starting your own podcast, just hit us up on Instagram under Paperback Production 215. DM us and we'll get back to you. If it's a dream of yours, let us help you make it a reality. Thanks for listening. And we're back. Hey. So we briefly discussed whether or not, mm -hmm. you know, this was a, so we discussed how you had to make a couple sacrifices and learn some lessons, right? Mm -hmm. What's your least favorite part about being a business owner? Um, the, the, not, I won't say so much of a business owner, but in this field, mm -hmm. um, I'm all for competition, but it is a dirty right. industry. It's a dirty business. I've had people steal my mixes. I've had people steal my creative ideas. Like those shows you be watching, like, you know, bring it on and like their dance yeah. content, they steal yeah, their music. I was about that to say stuff that. is real. Yeah. I hear comedians mm -hmm. say that. Stealing their jokes. Right. So it's like that equivalency any, of it. Any okay. creative now, the, what made you stand out as a DJ or was, it's kind of died off now, but back then what made you stand out as a DJ was your creativity. Right. So you're not just playing the songs that's on the radio, you're creatively creating right. mixes and yeah, people would steal that. So how do you, like, how can you tell that they stole your mix? Oh, you know your work. I you know wouldn't I mean? know that. You I mean, know I guess work. if I did it, you know I would your know. creative work. Yeah. So you have a podcast, you know, and you know how it flows, you know how it runs. Right. And then imagine you hear somebody else sounding just like you and doing it just like you. You're like, wait a second. Nah, you know what I mean? You stole my whole stilo. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And that's how it was back then. They called it biting back then. You know, you bite them biters bite. Ooh, oh. They, they biting my style. <laughs> <laughs> did you have conversations with people like that? Like you did this to me. Um, no, nah, no. Nah. Or did you just. I, what I would do is I would cut my ties. I've learned how to cut ties okay. with people. Um, so I'll give you an example. Um, 
one, one, another thing that really set my career off was I got my first big gig DJing out in the Poconos. Okay. Um, this is my first travel gig that I had ever done outside of like the state. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was a big gig because people from all over the country was at this party. Now Outside the state? Um, ain't the Poconos in Pennsylvania? I told you I'm just a high school graduate. All right, I ain't go, go to college. Let's I was try. I was went out of high school start. I was a shoe salesman. <laughs> <laughs> Size 10. Well, pump, I have one. Red pump. <laughs> Well, no, no. When I say out of the state, meaning, um, I, all right, so maybe I, I worded it wrong. Uh, people from all over the country was okay. at this party. This is the first time people from other states was it got a to ski hear my trip word. or something like that. It was a ski trip. It was a ski I weekend. Used to love it was those. a ski weekend. Oh my god! Yeah, no, and that's a big deal. It was huge yes, for me back in, in the my day, career. Those, that was listen, huge. That's that was huge. a big deal. Those ski trips were mm-hmm. the bomb. My mom used to go. All we used to all go. You we probably was to, there. Maybe you was maybe there. I DJ was Wicked. There. <laughs> I don't remember who DJ was, but she was jamming us. I was there. They had pajama party like the whole week. Exactly the whole. I used to love it too. That's amazing. That was big. And that really was set my career off because there were so many people from all over the country there. Yes. And And those parties were so good. Exactly. So if you were there, it was a good DJ. I'm telling you. I've I've never had a bad time at a ski party. The guy that threw the ski trip, they were they were they were known for throwing like the most amazing parties. Yeah. And they heard my work. They reached out to me. They they said, Can you do it now? Now here's the kicker. There was a DJ. I'm not gonna say his name mm-hmm. because because he did me dirty. Okay. Um, but there was a DJ that was like the headliner of the ski trip that mm-hmm. was going to be there, and I was, you know, I was like the newbie. Okay. So when they got me to go up there, they wasn't really going to pay me. They was paying all the money to the headliner. So really, I was just going for exposure. I wasn't really getting paid mm-hmm. for it. I didn't mind though because I was just happy to be a part of this. Um, but the way it was supposed to be, the headliner was opening on Friday. Mm-hmm. I was going to DJ this Saturday party. The headliner was going to close on Sunday. I came to the headliners party on Friday. He let me get on, which, okay. was, which was a huge mistake because I started killing them. Okay. And Saturday, came, I was killing them so hard on Friday that they were looking forward for me for Saturday. It's like, oh, we can't wait till Saturday because you're going to do the party. Yeah. Saturday, I destroyed them. I murdered the party on Saturday. Okay. And then Sunday, they wanted me again. The headline oh. was closed Sunday. Okay. But he was like, can we get Wicked? Can, can Wicked do the party? And then the headline was like, I don't care. I already got paid for this. If you want to do free, go ahead. He was so like, kind of cocky. So he didn't give you any money? No, no, I didn't get paid for. I didn't get paid for it. I was just, but, but everything was free. Like yeah. my stay was free, okay. the room was free, so it was really for exposure. Okay. But like I said, they made the huge mistake mm-hmm. because I killed it. So basically, I DJ all three days. You know. That's what it sounded like. But when I got back to Philly, mm-hmm. oh my pager was blowing up. Everybody's like, "Can you do this part? You do this part? Do it." That's and my career like... took off okay. like crazy. That's what really made my career take off. So let me just <laughs> ask. Because <clears throat> sacrifices are important, right? Mm-hmm. Do you think sacrifices are important? Absolutely. As a, I guess as a business owner or mm-hmm. whatever. So is, do you think that this life is something that's for everybody? Um, What, the DJ life or just... I, I want to say the business owner life, but let's mm-hmm. just... We can we can narrow it down to your particular lifestyle because your okay. lifestyle will be different than a stock market person or mm-hmm. you know something like that. So do you think this is the type of lifestyle that's for everybody? Like, what if mm-hmm. I'm not the type of person who can make those type of sacrifices where I have to go to, yeah. to this party <laughs> and do it for just exposure? Do you think it's something that's for everybody? All right, so I'm going to try to answer this question. Um... Do I think it's for everybody? I think it could be. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not for everybody because you have to have a, cer- a certain type of entrepreneurial skin. You got to gotta chase this. Yeah, Do you feel like you got to chase grind. this? Yeah, it's a, it's a hustle. hustle. Right. So if like today, if I don't work today, I'm not making no money today. 
you know. But I'm at a point in my career where maybe I don't have to work. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm getting residuals. Maybe I'm getting, you know, bookings for future events. Right. You know, I'm not going to say how much money I made today, but I made a good amount of money on my day off. I ain't worked today, but I made some good money today. Okay. Just for future events that's coming up and things like that. So um, is it for everybody? Nah, nah. Because you, you really have to have your mind right. You got to have a mindset. You got to have that hustle spirit, the hustle mentality. And you have to really have that no fear. There's a, there's a false sense of security that a job will give you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I've learned that I used to work. I gave up DJing for a little bit and decided to go into the work field mm-hmm. and do the adult thing. And um, I worked at a hotel. Great job. Um, I worked as an AV technician, which was kind of still okay. in my field of hooking up equipment. Job to work was so easy. The pay was so great. I got so many benefits. Mm-hmm. I got good credit out of it. I got a gold card and I was doing my thing, but I felt empty inside. Yeah. I was like, I was like, I felt like I was going to work just to make this money. Right. But I wasn't having a good time. It was just like, I miss DJing. And I, when I was working at the hotel, um, music soul child came and did like a little mini concert at the hotel. And mm-hmm. I saw the DJ coming in he was setting his equipment up and I was just looking at him like, that used to be me. Like, mm-hmm. what am I doing here at this hotel? I, I was, I could be doing this, mm-hmm. you know? So, <clears throat> Uh, long story short, the hotel, um, this, this happened like around 9-11, around 2001. Okay. When 9-11 happened and the planes hit the towers and now everybody's scared to fly on a plane. Mm-hmm. Our hotel lost a lot of business because nobody's flying, nobody's staying in hotels. So they had to let people go. I was one of the people they let go. Wow. And when they, and I felt, you know, hurt because I'm like, wait, I gave y'all faithful service. Right, and y'all just right, want right. to drop me like that. Absolutely. And it's not just because they let me go because of 9-11. They let me go because they tried to fabricate some story that, oh, I did a no call, no show. And it's like, we're not getting any work and you're going to. So I saw how they just kind of kicked me to the curb. Absolutely. And that's when it instilled in my mind, like, these jobs ain't secure. If I worked so hard to make somebody else rich, mm-hmm. I'm going to put that same energy in myself. That's mm-hmm. that. It was in 2001 when I decided I'm going to put all invest all my energy that I was given this job mm-hmm. and put it in myself. Okay. And from that point forward, I never looked back. Do you think that's the type of mindset that someone would have to have? If you're going to go into business with yourself, <clears throat> you have to be 100% focused mm-hmm. on investing in you and making sure that. Absolutely. Like what type of mindset that you would you, or what type of advice would you give to somebody that wanted to do? Like if your son came to you okay. and said, dad, I want to do what you're doing. Mm-hmm. What's the first thing you're going to tell them to do? Why? I, first thing I would ask them is why. Okay. Why do you want to do it? Mm-hmm. Oh, I want to do it for the money. Don't. No, it's not for you. If you don't have a passion or a love for what Absolutely. you're doing, you're not going to stick with it. You know, so many. I met so many people that say, "Oh man, I want to be a DJ" because they saw the money I was making, but after they don't stick with it because mm-hmm. it's hard. Mm-hmm. It's not easy. Um, you got to deal with people. You got to deal with clients. You got to manage. You, it's hard. Yeah. And um, you know, when it gets too hard, you want to quit if it's not something you love. So. If my son said that it was his passion, something he loved, I would be behind him. I would support him. Okay. It's so many, um, so much information out here now because of the internet. Um, we have information on our fingertips. Mm-hmm. I had to do trial and error back then when I was coming up. You know, I had to learn the hard way. You don't have to learn the hard way these days. It's so easy now. Yeah, that's true. You know, so my only advice to anyone is the first thing you want to do is look at yourself as a worker. So say mm-hmm. you work a job. Are you a good worker at your job? You know, you like, do you, do you take pride in your work? Do you, no. you know, <laughs> <laughs> are you asking me or what? Cause no, Cause, <laughs> no and cause, no. <laughs> Cause I'm telling you, there's, there's some people out there that really take pride in their work. They take pride in their job. They want to be like the best worker. They want to be employee of the month. They want to do all this. If, if that's, if that's your attitude, invest in yourself. Yeah. Take that same energy and put it in yourself. 
you know? Yeah. I always took pride in my work. You know, I'm oh, cool. I was a shoe salesman, but I was the best shoe salesman. You know what I mean? Yeah, see, well, maybe this ain't my thing. Because <laughs> like, I don't really care. <laughs> my job, I don't, I think that I wear all my emotions right in your face. And so I'd be like, I don't like this job. But see, look what you're doing now. Right. But I like this. And, there you right, go. Financially, now, I'm, I'm not getting now, anything imagine, out of this, but I love it. Imagine this. if you was getting a thousand per show right. doing this. Right. I wish. Maybe don't just day. no 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 no. There ain't no wish. Manifestation. Yeah, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. It's because the only way it's going to happen is if you make it happen. Because right. it's not going to be handed to you. Right. You got to make it happen. Right. That's it. Listening to this this interview right here is making me want to keep going, and that's mm -hmm. the point of the show. I want to inspire other people to take a chance on yourself. Absolutely. You just never know Why what not? can happen. Right. Why not? Uh, you work. You work so hard to make somebody else rich. Right. You know. Right. And it's like. It's not benefiting you. Mm -hmm. And then the same people you work so hard for, they'll drop you in a and minute. get somebody else in a quick. Minute. You know? One of my not my employees, but one of my coworkers just passed away and mm. we're filling her position in a couple of weeks. Yeah, right? Yep. So Yep. Yeah. And a lot of my DJs, like before the pandemic, I had like I had about a good six DJs that worked mm -hmm. for me. And that was my retirement goal. My retirement goal was I wanted to have at least at least ten. So just just to let break it down for you, say mm -hmm. you know, you get fifteen hundred for a wedding. Um, I book the wedding for them. I'll take three hundred. They get twelve hundred. Okay, that's a, still a good deal. You, that is you, a good deal. You did a wedding. You got twelve hundred dollars. I made three hundred just for booking it for you. Yeah. Now let's times that by ten. That's three thousand dollars I just made yeah. just from booking. I didn't have to go out this house. You know, mm -hmm. I made three grand on a Saturday sipping wine, and then I'll make another three grand on a Sunday. Yeah. I made six grand on a weekend. And this while is my from, workers out here. You know, but working. this is from. Let me just. Just for the audience, mm -hmm. this is from grinding mm -hmm. since <laughs> eighty-five years. I keep forgetting that since you were like almost thirteen years old that yeah. you put this. And even then, I wasn't into. serious about it though. Yeah. I wasn't grinding at thirteen because yeah. it was just a hobby. Right? You know what I mean, I didn't really start grinding. I would say until I started getting the clubs at nineteen. Okay. And I was just like, wow, this is fun. But there was a time when I was like around twenty twenty-one where I quit DJing. Tell me why you quit. Oh my gosh, I got hired to do this huge party in Jersey. Um, the same people that wanted to do this party in Jersey all throughout the day mm -hmm. wanted to come back to Philly and do an after party. They wanted me to do all of it. Mm -hmm. And I w they paid me like, I think I got like $1,700 in one day for that. Okay. And, and at that time in my career, this was like the most money I ever gotten DJing. Mm -hmm. But it was for the whole day. And I I had like my friends with me helping me. I had some crackheads helping me oh carry stuff. Like I was just paying people. I had to rent some equipment because it, I had to get the big giant speakers in with this club atmosphere for the yeah. after party. And I think I still came home with about fourteen hundred in my pocket, which was still a good payday for me. Okay, it was still a big payday. But when I got home, I literally left like six that morning, and I didn't get home until about five the next morning. So okay. it was almost like a twenty-four hour day. I was, that was the most tired I've ever felt in my life. And mm -hmm. I was still young. Mm -hmm. I was only like maybe 21, 22. Okay. I literally threw that money on the bed. When I got in, the sun was coming back up mm -hmm. and I collapsed on the money. And I didn't wake up until the next afternoon around wow. three okay. with money stuck to me because I was sweating on it and peeling like $100 <laughs> bills off my back. <laughs> and I looked at it and I was like, I quit. I'm not doing this no more. I Just can't from take that it. one thing. So, from that got, one day. You got to remember, as a DJ back then, we carried crates, mm -hmm. right? So, oh, yeah. Yes. Right. It wasn't no laptop computer. It was right. none of that. We carried crates of records. So not only did I have 10 crates per party, mm -hmm. so I'm having about 20 crates I got to move, but the speakers back then were a lot bigger and yeah. heavier. The amps were, everything was bigger and heavier, and it was just a lot. Mm -hmm. My body was exhausted. I was just drained. 
and I didn't see myself continuing to do this because the fun was going out it was too much hard work. Yeah. And I was like, I'm not, I quit. I'm not doing this no more. And I quit. Yeah. And people was blowing up my page. Can you do this party? I'm like, I don't do it no more. They're like, what? They were like, no, no way. Wow. And I, for about a good six months, it lasted six I was like, Jay Z. Remember Jay Z? Quit, quit. <laughs> right, 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 right. What's up, can I say? He quit. Six whole months. Yep, six months. And then, um, I, then I missed it. Yeah. I missed it. So that's when I realized it was really the love. So when I came back, I was, I wouldn't kill myself. Mm-hmm. I don't care if you give me two, three, four thousand dollars. If I, if I feel it's going to kill me, I'm not going to do it. Okay. I learned how to say no and pass up on money. That was worth it. You know, if it's something that's worth it, I'm going to do it. So I have the whole mentality of work smarter, not harder. Okay. You know, that's what I do now. Is that something that you didn't know then that mm-hmm. you know now? Like, oh, is yeah. that one piece of advice that you go, if I knew this then? Yeah. 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 It's, like I say, it was all trial and error for mm-hmm. me. So I try to, you know, you know, teach people this now so they won't have to make the same mistakes I go through or make the same hardships I went through. But yeah, working smarter, not harder. Um, Don't kill yourself for a little bit of money just because right. it's something you love doing. Right. Sometimes you can sell yourself short because you love doing it. So you have a great podcast show and people say, you know what I want you to do? You come and do your show live in my place and mm-hmm. we'll give you we'll give you a couple peanuts. We'll do this. You might be like, ah, I'll do it because it's fun. Yeah. But now you're dead tired and you didn't kill yourself over it. So it's like you have to learn your value and know your worth. You know. That's good advice. It's hard to put a dollar sign on your craft mm-hmm. because you're always going to critique yourself the hardest. You know, you're going to think maybe you're not as good. Absolutely. Yeah. So that that was my thing I had to overcome. You know, it was harder for me to put a dollar sign on on the skill that I have. But then I learned people will pay you for what they can't do. Mm-hmm. And that's in any field, whether it's a plumber, electrician or a DJ or a podcast host. They will pay you for what they can't do. You know how to work that equipment. People know how to do that. Right. They pay you for it. Right. You know, so you have to know your value. I think we should end right there. Know your value? Know your value is good advice yeah. to end on. Yeah. So just reintroduce yourself just one more time. Let the people know who you are and I'm where to find. I'm a philanthropist. No, I'm famous DJ, famous with a PH like Philadelphia. But if you type in the word famous on um, Instagram, you'll see all my platforms, famous DJ, famous karaoke, famous studios. Um, and that's another interesting thing I just want to point out real quick. Point I, it out. I never really had a website. Never had a website. I never had to, you know. Um, my, my, uh, my way of getting to people really has been either word of mouth mm-hmm. or just, um, through clients, you know, I've always, I never was really uh, okay, one to be on Google. you don't have a website. No, I don't do that. Yeah. And business is flourishing. You'd be surprised how much, you know, when you are, when you conduct good business, mm-hmm. how fast word will spread and travel. So currently Instagram is the best way to reach me. Okay. And of course you can reach me to the number two book your DJ now at gmail.com for inquiries. Okay. So book this man, y'all. Hey, book me. Because in a minute, he's not going to be available. He's going to be in L.A. somewhere. Mm-mm. Back no. with Snoop Dogg. <laughs> Thank you so much, Famous, for joining me. Hey, this you is know how my, appreciate you having me. That's hopefully, this is the first episode of many episodes called 6,000 Ways to Lose Your Job. Thank you guys for joining me. Join me every week on WPEB 88.1 FM, West Philadelphia's community radio station. Thank you and enjoy your week and make it a productive one.
Thank you.